morning so far. Okay. Amen. I see. I see the hands. This is a good sign. Yes. <laughs> Woke up this morning. Oh. Woke up this morning. This morning, if you have your Bibles with you, which I hope you do, I want you to turn with me to Isaiah chapter 7. I know there are a lot of people in the world that have said to me, a lot of people in society who have said to me, and have asked me the question, and I, I'll be honest, I, I don't think I could ever understand why they feel the way they feel, but let me just say, when they say to me that the Old Testament is not relevant, <laughs> oh boy. it bothers me. Yeah, yeah. It bothers me because I believe the Old Testament is just as relevant back when it was written as it is today in the present. Yes. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Because I believe that the Old Testament prophecies are crucial to the gospel message. Matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4, the gospel is according to Scripture. And what, what Paul writes here is, For I have delivered unto you first of all that which was also I have received. How that Christ died for our sins according <coughs> to Scripture. Right. And was buried and rose again on the third day according to to scripture. So when I see that, this is God-breathed, inspirational word of God, and, and, it's, and it's for us. When I begin to see that, I begin to understand that, that the scriptures from Genesis all the way through Revelation is very factual and very important for each one of our lives today. I believe that also that this is why Christmas then, I believe, is a good time to look at prophecy. Because Isaiah, if you think about when Isaiah prophesied about the Christ Jesus, it was the hundreds of years before he ever showed up. Right. You know, some people, well, I think, it, I think they dragged that number out a little bit. You got to remember, there was 300 years of silence. And that was after... Isaiah had already spoke. So I mean, so we're talking hundreds of years of, of this going through and people waiting. And I don't know about you, but I I almost go stir crazy if I don't hear from the Lord within two days. Yeah. I can't imagine what it would be like 300 years not hearing from the Lord. I, they'd put me in some kind of an insane asylum, I think. I couldn't handle that. Because I enjoy talking to him. Yes. I enjoy hearing from him. And when I read the word of God, I hear from him. But Isaiah and his prophecies are about Jesus. The most eloquent of prophets speaking about Christ's birth. And I want us to consider his wonderful introduction to the Savior. You see, I, Isaiah revealed the following about Jesus. There's three things I want us to look at this morning. And these three things that I want us to look at this morning, I know you guys already know about. There are three things that I want us to look at this morning because I believe that when we begin to 
look at these things. I think we're going to understand why the Old Testament prophets prophecies were important and why all these things are relevant to today. We know that his birth in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. Therefore the Lord shall give unto you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and he shall call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah's prophecy here is, is central to our Christian faith. Miracles surrounding the, the birth of Christ. A virgin birth. Think of that just for a moment. Do you know the word virgin is translated from the Hebrew term used as an unmarried woman who was old enough to be married and was sexually mature? When I, I read that the other day and I was looking, I was like, what? <laughs> I was a little stunned. But when you begin to think about marriage, God didn't just look for any old person. God was looking for the right person. Right. When, when you were searching for God, God was already searching for you. And so when, when God found Mary, he found this girl who he already knew was going to say yes. So many times God comes to us for things and we don't say yes. Most times we say, well, I got to give this some thought or I got to think about it. I got to contemplate it. That's not what God is asking of us. When God comes to us and he asks us a question or he asks us to do something, he's looking for the response of yes. You know, I was thinking about this message when I was uh, talking to the guys yesterday morning. I said, I have no idea where I'm going tomorrow. And then when I came here to the church, they were decorating for Christmas. I said, ah, I know where to go. <laughs> it's the Christmas season. It's the Christmas period. And all of us are getting that Christmas joy. Right. But you know what? It doesn't come without... Sometimes hardships and difficulties. I was thinking about what Elabel had said, and I made me think about those who are lonely, those who are depressed, those who are mentally ill, those who are struggling with different parts of their life. And and when Christmas comes, it just seems to kind of almost sometimes lift them up out of that a little. It's, a, it's that peace and that joy that, that we look for. But the miracles surrounding this central miracle was, were, were, were three things. And all three things took place according to God's timing. It wasn't man's timing. Although they would say, oh, well, it just so happened to have, oh, by the way, they were going to have this tax. And Mary was pregnant, so they, you know, it just... It just all just kind of, you know, one just good thing after another. But it was not that way at all. It was all orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> when you think about the angelic announcement and Christ announcing that, that Jesus was going to be born, 
all the way through the timing of the taxing where, where it came to pass in those days that the Caesar Augustus had sent out this decree and everybody had to go to their hometown to be to counted and taxed. To the arrival of the wise men a few years after his birth. I know I get in so much trouble here. I really do. Now you know as well as I am. If you're watching today, please, no emails on this, no letters on this. I'm going by the word of God. Because so, <laughs> I'm going to get them. The wise men didn't show up at the stable. Okay? That's, 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 that's an important factor here. But you know, every year I say something like this and I get the emails and I get little letters, little notes in my box and say, well, why are they always in the manger scene? I don't know. It sells. That's all I know. It sells. Commercialism. But according to the word of God, they didn't show up then. Jesus was already walking. He was with his mom and pa. Well, his mom and dad. <laughs> at the house. See, all these things, church, are very crucial to, to the forming of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The greatest miracle was the incarnation. So when, we, when we read in Philippians 2, 5, and 7, it's a, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of man of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. The miraculous virgin birth was the sign. God coming to earth as a man to live with us sinners. You heard me right. Why? Because he's tried over and over to correct that which he's created. His name, Emmanuel, meaning God with us, announced that incarnation. Can you imagine just coming to church this morning and all of a sudden Jesus just poof, busts onto the scene? How happy would everybody be this morning? Wow. It's incredible when you think about that. And I, every Christmas, I say, Jesus, that would be a great Christmas gift. Oh, yeah. We wake up Christmas morning in heaven. Oh, yeah. What an awesome thing that all of us would be gathered together on Christmas morning. That's a gift. Yeah, oh, yeah. No more struggles. No. But in Isaiah 9, 6, It says, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. And upon the throne of David and upon, the, upon his kingdom to order it. And to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth 
even for forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. When we begin to think about his name, wonderful, wonderful in his birth and in his life and in his death and resurrection, all these things coming together, bringing us great joy, understanding that, that, that there is an everlasting father who's going to give us everlasting life. A counselor. A lot of us need counselors. A counselor who understands us. I meet with people who tell me their problems. I listen to people on the phone who tell me their problems, but, but you know who understands all those problems? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And you know, when I begin to listen to them, I have to stop for a moment and pray with them, and, and I have to hear from God. Right. He cares. He is capable. He is compassionate. And there's no problem that's too big for him. Although we, we, we put things out in society and we act like there's nothing we can't do. There, there's there's yeah. too many obstacles. There's too many hurdles. I know what they're like. Those of you who bought a home, you understand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like a dog and pony show. <laughs> I'm still jumping through hoops. Turning bends. I'm like, coming to an end. Wednesday is coming. <laughs> Virginia said, are you getting more excited? I said, you know what would be the most awesome thing? And she said, what? I said, on Wednesday morning when we wake up, we have new keys in our hands. And she said, yeah. I said, keys to our heavenly mansion. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Woo, hallelujah. I was, she was like, oh, I thought you were talking about the house. I said, nah, that's just a house. I'm talking about the mansion. I'm talking about a permanent residence where there's no mortgage payment, there's no insurance needed. You just walk right in and it's ready. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Boy, I tell you, that excites you. Yeah. Makes you happy. Makes you get going in the morning. Yeah. But you know we're in the process of getting a house and it's been, I don't know, I can't even describe it. Some of you have already been through it. But yeah. It's been a long, long time since we've been through it. And, it, and I feel like I'm still going through it. But when I was thinking about the counselor part, and I've been asking the Lord Jesus, what do I do next? He just keeps reminding me. There's no problem that's too big for him. Right. Yeah. So I've learned to relax. Yeah. People say, how's it going? I said, well, it's going. What do you know? I don't. <laughs> you think it's going to happen? I don't know. <laughs> well, when do you think it'll happen? When the God says. I have no other interest than that. Mm -hmm. right. Because I have to trust the person here. He's the mighty God. All things are possible with him. Even the wind and the waves are subject to him. Yeah. Death couldn't even hold him in the grave. This is, this is the, 
mighty God that we talk about. This is the mighty God that we serve. And we look forward to the day that we can be in his presence because he's going to gather us all up. Hmm. Remember that song we just sang at the end? That we all are there with him. Sure, we've got to continue to maneuver through this earth, this habitat that God created for us to live on until he's ready to call us home. I often ask myself this question. You may have never thought of this, but I've often asked my question, Lord, why didn't you just, just call us all to heaven to begin with? Let's just all live there we would have never had any of this fussed out here. But he's looking for all the good eggs. <laughs> There's some bad ones out there. Our ways are not his ways, nor are his ways our ways. We can't understand the the awesomeness and the and the the mentality of the Lord Jesus Christ because He's created all this. Feel that little chair. Just feel that little chair around you. How soft it is. He created some man or some woman somewhere here on the earth some years ago who thought, well, instead of sitting on a wall, I could put a little pad on it and be comfortable. You see, they had these little cots that they slept on on the ground, and they make these what do they call them, pouches or whatever that people would sleep on. They didn't have blankets and stuff like that way back when the caveman was dragging people around and fighting with dinosaurs and all that good stuff. And that wasn't millions of years ago, folks. I hate to break it to you, and those of you who are watching, I'm sorry, I'm not going to argue with the point. It wasn't millions of years ago. It wasn't even billions of years ago. Just not that way. If you want to argue, take it up with God. <coughs> End of that story. Everlasting Father. When I think of the names of God and when I begin to think about the Everlasting Father, I'm reminded in John 5, or 858, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. What was he saying? He was before all. He's the father of all. And sometimes God has to correct his children. And it hurts. It's not comfortable. Yes, he loves us all. Guess what? He even loves, and I know some of you are disagreeing with me, but he loves the sinner. Yes. He hates the sin. Right. So what does that tell me? It tells me that he wants all of us to have the same opportunity to come to the cross, to the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. What better time to... To demonstrate the love of Christ than during the Christmas season. When I think when I see that sign, Christmas, I think 
Christ many. In other words, all of us should be gathering up. We should be, we should be bringing in the sheep. Winning souls for Jesus Christ. Bringing them to the Father. And in John 5, 24, it says, Verily, verily, I send to you, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that hath sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. He's saying here that he's offered everlasting life. All of us have given everlasting. Now, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm a little envious. Some of you or some people have gotten to go before us. That little kind of upsets me sometimes. Because I talk to the Lord every day and say, Lord, I've been good, haven't I? Can, you, can I go now? Can I cut the line? Can I skip ahead of someone? Stay. I hear the word stay. I don't want to stay. I want to go. Don't be a brat. Stay. Yeah. <laughs> See, sometimes we're over anxious. We're overzealous. We want, we want to go. We want to be there. But God has greater plans for us yet here. He's, he's got greater plans. He has us here to minister to other folks. If we all went, who's going to minister to them? Who's going to share the love of Christ with them if we all go now and they're all stuck behind? Nobody. So we have the opportunity. We're given the opportunity and the chance to go into the highways and the byways and to compel them to come in and to, to, to come into the love of the Father. He's the Prince of Peace. And he brings peace. John tells us in 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. This is, this is an encouraging sign of a word for me because I don't need to worry about what's going to happen or what's not going to happen. As long as I maintain the peace of God in his direction and his will in my life, I don't have to worry if the mortgage falls apart or the, the HOA falls apart. I don't. It doesn't bother me because Christ has another plan. Right. And so my peace is in Jesus Christ. So my peace and my alignment and with him, it doesn't matter what happens one way or the other. If he pulls it together and it happens, Hallelujah. If it doesn't, guess what? Hallelujah. Because I'm going to be joyous in all situations and all circumstances. I'm going to be happy. Right. Do you know why? Because I have a Father who has promised me everlasting life. The world can't give me everlasting life. Only the Lord Jesus Christ can give me that. No one else. The government can't. The president can't. The House of Representatives, the Senate, nobody can give me that but the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that I can wake up in the morning and have that promise engraved on my heart. And how did it get there? When I confessed the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. And I said that day, Jesus, take control of my life. I surrender everything in here, in here, right here, right here, to you. 
think a lot of times we need to be like those three monkeys. You know what I'm talking yeah, about, right? Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Hear no evil, see no, see no evil, evil right. speak no evil. Right. The problem is we've got this and this down, but this thing here gets us in trouble. Yeah. That tongue's a wicked thing. It's sharp from the two-edged sword, cutting even to the marrow. We don't have a problem turning away and not looking at evil. We don't have a problem when people are talking a foul language to turn off the hearing and walk away. But we sure have a problem with that tongue. Boy, it just comes out when you don't want it to come out. It says things you don't want it to say. Or did you? What? What'd you say, man? Yeah, what's in the heart comes out. Mm -hmm. yeah. oh, yeah. See what I'm saying? Yep, so we got to be careful what's going in here. Because what goes in here comes out here. So when I'm talking about the love of Jesus, guess what's in here? The love of Jesus. And it comes out here. And that's how we have to be. Mm -hmm. Peace with God in Romans 5.1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And the peace of God in Philippians 4, 6 and 7, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through who? Christ Jesus. <coughs> now that church should bring a smile to your face of nothing else does. The peace of God that passes all understanding, the joy and the love that Jesus gives to us daily, we should have. But in Isaiah 9, 7, of the increase of his government, and the peace, there should be no end upon the throne of David. We're talking about his magnificent kingdom and his government to bring peace to the world. What, do we, what is one of the songs we sing? Joy to the world. You know that one? That's all I know of. So I've got to stop there. But when we begin to sing joy to the world, we're asking God to usher in his peace. He will sit upon the throne of David. Justice will be found throughout his kingdom. Other words, there's not going to be things creeping in unexpectedly. Other prophecies Isaiah about his kingdom talks about the poor will receive equality. And Isaiah 4.11 says, but with the righteousness shall, be, shall he judge the poor and reprove the equality for the meat of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with a rod of his mouth. And with his breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. Yes. Then there will be enmity between animals. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. And the leopard shall lie down with the kid. And the calf and the young lion and the the all this, when you begin to think about all this, all this peace that God will have will, will be right there. 
the violence of the earth will be taken away in 11.9. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all the holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. There'll be great joy on the earth. You see, we see all the disasters taking place. We hear about all the feuding and fighting going on. The, the Hatfields and the McCoys overseas, you know, Russia and Ukraine. But church, what makes Christmas so unique to all of us? What makes it so special to all of us is because Isaiah prophesied about our Savior. He just didn't prophesy and it didn't happen. He prophesied and it did happen. Jesus did come. And when we received him by faith, we began to know and understand the wonderful Lord that we have in our life. We have this understanding of the wonderful Lord who created all of this. All of this that we have from nothing. He spoke it and it happened. How many people do you know can go speak to something and it just happens? I went outside when I was done with this message last night. I went out on the porch and I said, Speak! I want a big Christmas tree right here in the courtyard. <laughs> Fully decorated with a big shiny star on top. Guess what? Didn't happen. Didn't happen. <laughs> so then I began to question my faith. Well, he who has the faith of a mustard seed can speak to the mountain and say, move from here to there and it'll move, right? No Christmas tree out in the courtyard. I said, well, maybe that was a bit much. <laughs> Jesus, send a little dog to the courtyard barking. Didn't happen. <laughs> you see, church, sometimes when we start asking things of the Lord, we ask amiss. Right. We ask amiss. We're asking for things that he had intended for us to have. You see, I believe that when we're wholeheartedly sold out on the Lord Jesus Christ, and we begin to think about the wonderful message that he gave us at Christmas. Through a young woman who was talked to by an angel of the Lord and told her that she was going to conceive a son and his name would be called Jesus. A woman who was espoused to be married to a young man named Joseph. Could you imagine in this day and age if a woman said that an angel of the Lord came to her and spoke to her and she was going to conceive a child and, and, and she wasn't married and she began to speak like this? We would lock her up and say she was crazy. any different back in Mary's day when the angel of the Lord spoke to her 
And she was going to have to go to her husband and tell him that she was already pregnant. He could have put her out. The family could have abandoned her. But God had already set all things in place. He had already set all things in order. Before Mary ever showed up on the earth, Jesus, the Godhead, knew who was going to bring him and who he was going to use to bring him to this earth. It wasn't happenstance. It just didn't have to be God was up there walking around. Now, who can I use? Ouch. Who can I use? What if God wanted to come back today? And he's walking around up there and he says, oh, Hey, Lynn! I'm going to come back and I'm going to use you. <laughs> Betty! I'm going to use you. A lot of us would say, man, I've had too much pizza. I had too much pasta. There's too much sauce. Man, it's messing with my head. Church, when we start hearing from God, we need to start listening. When we start reading the Word of God, we need to start listening. Remember the message I spoke several weeks ago, do you hear or do you listen? You see, I believe that we truly need to listen to the Word of God. As we read, where does that reading go? It goes into our heart. And when it goes into our heart, we begin to hear the voice of the Lord. He begins to speak to our conscience. He begins to speak to our life. And I think God intended this Christmas season for you to have a new birth. A new sense of moving forward and celebrating His goodness and his love and his mercies that are new every day. He, he's given us a message to give to the world that he came to save the lost. Maybe you're here this morning and say, well, Pastor, I've heard this message before. It's a nice Christmas message. But what's that got to do with now? I don't have the answer. Only you do. Only each one of you have the answer. And how I know that is because God uses each one of us differently. He doesn't use two people the same way. What God speaks to me, he may not speak to you. How God uses me, he may not use you that way. But God uses all of us. Only when we're obedient to the word of God. And so this morning, I'm going to end our time together a little differently. And this morning, I'm going to pray. And as I pray, I want each of you to ask the Lord Jesus Christ this. How can I be used by you this Christmas season to bring somebody to Jesus? To bring somebody to that little baby who came to earth, grew to be a man, crucified on the cross for our sins. But before you ask God that question, and I'm I'm very serious here. Before you ask God that question, 
ask yourself, am I willing to allow Jesus to use me? You see, because if you're not willing to allow the Holy Spirit to use you, then you don't ask him, how can you be used? Because he can't use who doesn't want to be used. He can turn you into that donkey and speak to somebody. But how do you want to be used this Christmas season? by the Holy Spirit. Father, I come to you now, Father. I, I pray for each one here this morning and myself. And Lord, I ask you, how can I be used this Christmas season to bring another soul to the kingdom of God? But Lord, I want you to know that I'm willing to be used. I'm willing to be that vessel that you used for the kingdom of God. I'm willing to do what it is that you want me to do. I want to stay in your will. Yes. Doing everything for you. And Lord, I pray for those who are watching today. I pray, God, that they would just bow to And if they've not received you, Lord and Savior, Lord, may they confess the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Yes. May they come to the saving grace of this Lord of Christmas that we're talking about this morning. The one that Isaiah prophesied about hundreds of years before he ever showed up on earth. The Lord, use us. Lord, because I want to be used. Yes. In whatever way you want to use me. Yes. I want to be submissive to your will. Yes. And I give you the praise and the glory and the honor for this that we ask this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.